Welcome to Wildlife Outdoors with your host, Russell and Jose. If you have a passion for conservation of the outdoors, or you're enjoying a calming hike in the mountains, an exhilarating kayak trip on the river, feeling a fish on the end of your line, cooking on an open flame in a primitive campsite, or stalking big game, just waiting for the perfect shot, you're in the right place. So put on your boots and polarized sunglasses and come along for the ride. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. We uh, have a different kind of episode for you today. Uh, We're just going to kind of cover some shenanigans that we had over the 4th of July and weekend after. So uh, welcome back. This is Wildlife Outdoors with your host, Russell and Jose. What's going on, guys? So what did you end up doing for the 4th of July, bro? Nothing. whole lot of nothing. (laughs) Um, Well, that's not totally true. I I didn't really have any plans going into the 4th. I did end up going back home to my hometown for some personal reasons the day before. And it was, it was meant to be a short trip. It was going to be a short turnaround. I was just going to go there and back. At least that was the plan. But I figured since I was already there and I was already late and I'd been driving for a lot of the time, a lot of the day, I just didn't feel like driving back. So I figured I would just hang out. And so I just right. stayed there. And then we ended up having – a little like early lunch, I guess, with the family, 4th of July. So we went to my grandparents. We um, we just grilled some burgers and hot dogs, you know, just the traditional 4th of July stuff. And, uh, yeah, man, it was fun. It, it, had been a, it had been a while since I hung out with my family, so it was good to see them and hang out with them and stuff. And uh, did that, and then I came back to College Station that same day. And um, just so happened that my friend was having – a 4th of July get together at her place with her and her husband had some friends over. So, um, we went over there and that was actually a lot of fun. It was, it was a blast. We hung out, just grilled some food, drank some drinks and just had a good time, man. It for a day that didn't really have anything planned. It, it turned out to be a pretty, pretty good one. So can't complain. No fireworks. Though. That's awesome. We didn't see any or, but, um, yeah, man, just because – so every year in College Station, they do this big fireworks and drone show. The drone show is actually pretty dope, dude. Not going to lie. It's it's pretty awesome. They do this big fireworks and drone show at uh, Relis Campus, and mm-hmm. my girlfriend and I went there last year. But it was insane, dude. It was insane. We were on the way to Relis Campus like, I don't know, man, two hours at least before the event started, and we were stuck in traffic for like a good – two miles before we even got close and i guess everybody just started it was it was just wild man and i guess everybody just got tired of 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 the traffic and so they started pulling off to the side of the road and we just came we just happened to come up upon this hill and so we just decided to go pull out there's a bunch of cars there already so we just pulled off and parked up there i I backed the truck up dropped the tailgate and so we just watched the uh the fireworks from there and it was fun but i told her i was like if if this happens next year, we're not doing this. I, I'm sorry. It's not worth it. Like as cool as it right. is, it's, it's dude dealing with all the traffic, man. It's just enough to make me not want to do that. So, but it was, but this year, so need to say this year, we didn't do that, but it was still fun. They, um, they did stream it online. We did pull it up, but honestly, we were just too busy, like talking and playing cards and stuff. We didn't, we didn't really watch the fireworks show, but, uh, but it was good, man. I had, I had a really good time. It was fun. That's awesome. That sounds like a good time. What about you? Any you guys do anything? 
Uh, yeah, we did quite a bit actually. So the uh, the weekend before the fourth, um, I went with my girlfriend over to Van Buren to her family's house over there, and we celebrated her uh, cousin's birthday party and um, went swimming, went fishing actually. So I went fishing. I guess it was early that Saturday morning uh, with her cousins, and uh, I don't even know what body of water it was. It was some some creek. And dude, there were so many different species there. Like we saw catfish and we saw the largemouth. We saw smallmouth. We saw all sorts of different kinds of sunfish. They had spotted gar. Um, I mean, just a bunch of, and there was like a big hole with all sorts of different fish in it. And then uh, we went further down the creek and there were some huge red horse suckers. And then there were some like four pound bass, like six inches from the bank hiding under rocks and stuff. And I'll drop a fly right there and they come out and investigate, but they just weren't biting on it. Um, I caught a fat green sunfish. I caught a small mouth, two small mouth, a large mouth, a green sunfish, a bluegill, a long ear, a red ear. And then her cousin caught a catfish and a small mouth. Her other cousin caught, uh, I think, a couple small mouth, a couple um, red ears. But yeah, dude, I mean, it was just, I mean, perfect weather. The water was crystal clear. It was nuts. Um, I hooked a few others that I lost. Uh, like little small, small mouth and stuff like that. Um, but they were biting on all sorts of different stuff too. I mean, they were conventional fishing uh, using worms and I don't know what, I think they were using uh, like synthetic soft plastics as well. Um, and then I was throwing mm-hmm. all sorts of different flies, but it was, it was good. And the water felt amazing. And this hole like went down to probably like eight foot deep. And so we tried to cross it because walking on the bank, it was just real overgrown. I was like, I didn't feel like getting chiggers or ticks. So like, let's walk through the water. And then it started getting really deep, really fast. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to walk through it and blow the spot. So I kind of walked along the bank as I could. And it was like a deep, like a steep bank. I mean, it was, it got real deep there, but it was a real nice area. It'd be perfect swimming hole. And there's like a little cliff on the other side, but we were trying to fish. So we didn't swim. Um, but it, it was a real nice. Then you go further downstream and there was a, a fallen tree and stuff like that. A real muddy area. And there, I'm pretty sure there was carp in there there had to be carp in there but there was a bunch of red horses in there for sure um but yeah it was it was pretty fun i hooked quite a few spotted gar but and, you know i have never been able to land them i don't know what it is um but it was a pretty good trip and then the day after that we went to a place called bluff hole and uh i don't know if it's a state park or anything like that but um it's an area where there's these large cliffs and you can jump off and it's into a section of the river that gets really deep. And I'm not really big on heights. I mean, I'll jump off cliffs and stuff. It's just not, you know, it's not really my thing. Like I'll do it. It's not like, Oh, I just can't wait to do it again. You know? And, uh, but my girlfriend on the other hand, she loves doing stuff like that. And so we go over there and her cousins are all, we're jumping off the smaller part of the cliff, like 10 foot, whatever else. And they're like, well, we go to the top and jump sometimes. And they're like, well, you know, Zane, one of her uh, cousins did it um, when he was like 11 or something like that. My daughter Peyton is 13. So I was like, yeah, you know, if she wants to do it, she can do it. I'll go up there, but I'm not going to jump off. And so it was me, Ruth, my daughter Peyton, and then Ruth's brother, brother-in-law, uh, Derek. We went up there and Ruth jumps off. And then Peyton is like, ah, I don't know if I want to jump off. And I was like, I mean, okay, you don't have to. So, but if you do, just make sure you jump feet first. And so she looks at Derek and says, if I jump off, will you jump off? And he's like, uh, maybe. And so she jumps off and I was like, <laughs> but I watched her jump off and she didn't land really feet first. She kind of landed like leaning back a little bit. And I was like, ah. but I was more worried about her back flopping, you know? 
No one her like yeah. that loud smack. I didn't hear the loud smack. I said, okay, she's fine. Well, then Derek jumped off. And then I was like, man, I can't be the only one not to jump off. So then I jumped off. And the cliff was only like, I don't know, maybe 40 feet, 50 feet, something like that. And uh, But even when you jump, like I landed, you know, straight feet down and went down and never even got close to the bottom. So I don't, I don't even know how deep it is, but Jeez. it's deep. And uh, I, I come up above water and I start swimming back to the bank. And Peyton's like, oh, my back hurts. And I was like, oh, what'd you do? Did you like kind of twist it? She's like, yeah, I think I just twisted it wrong. I said, all right, we'll just take it easy. Well, the next day she's like wrestling and boxing. So I didn't think nothing of it. Well, then we get back into town and uh, she goes back to her mom's. Then her mom calls me a couple days later saying it's really hurting her. And so she took her to the urgent care and uh, the urgent care took x-rays and said that it doesn't look broken, but they don't know it might be dislocated. And it was just kind of a vague answer. They're like, well, you should probably go see an ortho and, then they're like, oh, she's going to see an ortho. And, but they're like, if it's anything to do with the rib, we can't do anything about it. So it's just everything was kind of vague. And so um, I ended up taking her to the hospital and it turns out she has two broken ribs. I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So she has two broken ribs from that. But I mean, she's doing okay better. You know, they gave her some, uh, a Toradol shot and they gave her some patches to put on it. So she's doing okay. But yeah, she broke ribs jumping off that. And then on the 4th, we went over to uh, Derek's house and had put on a big fireworks show. So it was pretty good. It was, you know, us. And then they bought fireworks, obviously. And then his parents came over. They brought fireworks. So we had just a bunch of fireworks we shot off. And uh, it was pretty nice. cool. We were, like, putting fuses together and lighting them multiples at <laughs> once and sending all sorts of artillery shells and stuff. It was a good time. Sounds like so. it. Minus the uh, busted ribs for Peyton. That sucks, dude. Glad she's okay. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, fe- I felt bad too. She gonna be all right. Yeah, well, you and her have that have that uh, in common now, I guess. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> that was I, wasn't that like Memorial Day or something like that at your grandparents. Oh man, something like that. Hell, it may have been Fourth of July. Something like that may have been because it well, it was summertime. Maybe. We weren't in school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So no, dude, we were. We were older because you were working at. Uh, I was working at the county. You were with the city yeah, I was working at, at the time. county. That's right. I was. I was. I was back home for the summer for a summer job. Yeah, that's right. That's I, I forgot about that. So, because <laughs> I remember you texted me, you're like, you're, <laughs> you texted me, you're like, bro, it hurts to breathe. And I was like, what the hell? What's going on? And he's like, I think I bust. I think. Well, actually, he said, I think you busted my rib. <laughs> I was like, oh shit. Oh, <laughs> uh, wasn't fun. It was like two weeks of hell. Dude, I felt so bad, man. So for the listeners, uh, I guess we can tell the story. So, <laughs> so in the summers, um, back, you know, at the end of high school and after high school, earlier in college, we would all meet up at Jose's grandparents and have like little family get togethers with some friends coming over. And um, we would like wrestle or do random martial arts or play football and do like just random stuff. And um, at the time, me and Jose were probably the most, I guess, rambunctious of the group. We were like, we didn't really care. We would, I mean, tackle anybody without pads or anything. Like that. We didn't really care. And the the rest of our group wasn't really that way. Like they would play, they loved playing, but they just weren't as aggressive when it came to football. And uh, so they, me and I think it was me and Jose for the first little bit, it was me and Jose against like four of our other friends. I think it was, I think it was, yeah, I think it was. Two or three other yeah. people there. Yeah, and so, because I think your brother may have been there too, right? 
I don't think I don't think it was you that time. I think it was no, because didn't didn't I think it was Matt didn't Ricky pick up Matt? And Matt kicked me in the face that time. No, I picked up Matt. Oh, you picked up Matt and had him kick me in the face. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, that's a different story. So, but yeah, so we were playing, and me didn't, and Jose didn't were that just happened the same day though. I think it did. Yeah. Dude, you got. Yeah, I just, yeah I'm, I'm always getting hurt. <laughs> but uh, we we're out there oh, playing, man. and at first, me and Jose was just me and Jose against the rest, and and uh, we we're just scoring every play. So uh, they told us we had to separate. So me and him were team captains, and then it was probably like halfway through the game, and me and Jose just ran full speed at each other. I don't even remember who had the ball and who was trying to tackle who. Uh, but Jose outweighs me quite a bit. But I'm just crazy. And oh, probably stupid. <laughs> and we just decided to go full speed. And I like felt a pop in my back when we hit, but I didn't like think nothing of it. I was just like, oh, you know, and um, it was kind of hard to breathe, but just kind of played through it. And then later, uh, Jose was trying to tackle Matt and uh, went to our friend Matt, and he like picked him up and swung him. And Matt just like hardcore kicked me in the face, like <laughs> just like laid me out. <laughs> Um, but so you're like laying face, like face down with your hands to your face, dude, like groaning. It hurts and, so dude, bad. I was like, Russell, you okay? And you didn't say nothing for the longest time. I was like, dude, someone checking on him. He knocked out. Right. So I might have a concussion. Over. Dude, you finally rolled over. You're like, dude, somebody kicked me in the face. And that's like, oh shit, that was you. <laughs> oh, good times. But yeah, oh, so that man. had happened. And then, um, at the time I was working for the county. And I was on the road paving crew, but in in the off season and, and when we weren't paving, uh, I would run a crew as our crack ceiling crew. And so I'm sure y'all have seen roads with like the black stripes on them, like squiggly lines and stuff. So it was, it was that um, sealing the cracks so water doesn't get in there and freeze and expand the cracks more. And so the way that we do it for Hayes County is we would go and put um, rock like we had this. Uh, I don't even remember what number rock it was, but we'd put this black rock in there. But. Uh, we would use a shovel to kind of break open the cracks a little bit to put the rock in there. And then we would go over that with sand and try to make it flush. So that when we put the oil on top, it wouldn't just seep it in the crack. It would seal it. And so I was out there and it was the Monday after. And I was trying to break open those cracks with the shovel. And anytime I would like move my arms or my back or breathe or sneeze, like my back would just kill me. That's when I texted Joe. I was like, dude, I think you busted my rib. And uh, yeah, I, I think I probably had a rib if not more broken because like if i would turn a certain way i would feel like a click in my back and it was just a sharp pain and yeah i'm pretty sure that's what it was dude when you texted me that i was like oh my god i felt terrible man i felt so bad (laughs) you're like oh man it's cool no worries i mean it was it was our fault both of us (laughs) yeah but still dude i still feel kind of bad about that uh, it, it makes us who we are, man. It was a good time. I wouldn't I change it. <laughs> it, it, it. It was a good time. Dude, we had yeah, so much man, fun over those, there, cookouts. Dude, remember what? They, yeah, so we never. We're pretty. I don't know, man. We're pretty like low key a lot of times. I remember when we had those pool tables on Fridays. You guys would come over and we would just grill and play pool and listen to music and stuff. Right, and you would always school all of us on the damn pool table. <laughs> Nobody could ever beat you. Bro, you got pretty damn good at pool. Well, when I was, yeah, when I had a pool table at my dorm. And you and uh, Jason. Oh, yeah, dude. I forgot me and Jason used to play a lot. Yeah, I got decent yeah, because of that. Yeah, uh, because uh, he was, he kind of, he did some like tournaments and stuff, didn't he? 
Yeah, he did a lot of tournaments, and then we'd go out on, I think it was Wednesday? No, it was Thursdays. Uh, Thirsty Thursdays, we'd go out there, and it was um, at Black Rabbit Saloon, I believe. In the back, they had pool tables, and it was like $2 wells or something like that. And uh, we just play for drinks all night, and it would basically be a bunch of drunk college kids, and we'd just beat them all night and stay on the table, wouldn't play for games, wouldn't pay for drinks. So we did that, and then nice. we would go do tournaments. Um, there was a head shop in town that did tournaments, and we'd, we'd play there. And then there was another – I don't remember what the bar was called. It was off the square, but it was in San Marcos, and we would go play there and play tournaments there. Um, but yeah, Cats? so I, I started playing a lot there. No, it wasn't Cats. It was – uh. It wasn't a pool hall. It was just a bar, and I think they had one, maybe two pool tables. Um, but a lot of the the you know billiards, you know league guys would hang out there, and so they ended up start doing that. But um, yeah, we did that quite often. But I started getting a little better at first when I was living in the dorms in the tower at Texas State because we had a pool table there, and so I'd play pool all the time at the dorm, and then started hanging out with Jason after that and playing a lot. So I got, I got decent at it, but we used to play with this guy named Tony who used to play like Vegas international tournament tournaments and stuff like that. And I think at one point he was ranked like third in the world or something. He was really good. Um, so we played against him a lot and I learned a lot from that dude. But, um, and we used to go play, God, what was that place called? Uh, it's in South Austin. Um, not moon tower, but it's South of moon tower before you get to, I think it's Manshack. Um, it was. It was. I think I, the, I can't remember what it's called. Stardust, maybe. Yeah, Stardust Club. Yes. So, yeah, yeah, we used to go to Stardust on Tuesdays. Dude, like I think it was. Club. Dude, it does. I think it used to be actually. I don't know, but don't know. it, it, it kind of had that sense. vibe. It had a little stage in there and stuff. But um, yeah, they would do karaoke there uh, sometimes, and we go there for pool tournaments and whatnot. And so, yeah, I, I used to play a lot of pool. Now that I think about it. <laughs> dude, dude you did you played a bunch of pool yeah dude, i haven't played pool in forever how the turntables man i remember going playing with you on, on the square you'd freaking whoop us all the time did you just say how the turntables yeah how the turntables <laughs> and you remember playing with matt playing with matt was the worst <laughs> dude i hated freaking playing with matt <laughs> I, I would clear god it always worked out that way didn't it what was that one time I was like, I cleared, dude, almost cleared the table, and it was his turn to make one ball. I said, whatever you do, like, don't hit that ball. And he goes, fuck you, and hit it right in and lost the table. I was like, yes. what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Freaking that, man. Oh, dude. Man, those are good times. Right. Dude, we need, to, we need to go out again sometime. I haven't been out in a while. Dude, same. I can't remember the last time I went out. Dude, I haven't been out dancing in a while. I was thinking about the other day. I remember we used to go to... Some uh, dance halls all the time. Oh, Midnight Rodeo and Dance Across Texas, Mavericks. Yeah, Mavericks. Have you been to the the new Mavericks in Buda? Well, I guess it's not new anymore, but I've never been. Well, no, did we go? No, we didn't go. We went to the one in Austin. Yeah, that's the the night that one of our friends got pretty wasted. Um, (laughs) We, I have been there. I've been there twice, I think. I see. It's uh yeah, it's pretty fun. Remember uh, Kevin? I saw him there once. Kevin Reeves. Yeah, I haven't talked and, to him uh, in a while. <clears throat> Vic's sister, actually, uh, future guest. I saw his sister there. She, I think I don't. I heard she used to work there. I don't. I don't know if that's true or not. But um, saw some old friends there too. Actually, I don't think about it. But yeah, man, I've been there. I've been there twice. It's, it was fun. It's been 
I think it was pre-COVID. Really? The last time I was there. So, I'm, yeah. It's been open that long? Yeah. It's been it's been a while, dude. Damn. That's crazy. You know who I talked to recently? Who's it? Daryl. Really? You remember my buddy Daryl? Yeah. 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 We, uh, yeah we, so, because I bought that Bonafide, right? And then we we're supposed to trade Bonafide, yes. me and him, because he got, they didn't have the blue one where I got my green one at, and I wanted the blue one, but mm-hmm. where he was going to get his at had the blue one. So I was like, dude, if you get the, the blue one, you can have my green one, because he wanted a green one. And we just haven't traded him yet, but he called me the other day and we we're talking. But we just got dance with him too over at Midnight Rodeo in Austin. So mm-hmm. yeah, I talked to him recently. I need to make a trip to Texas with my kayak to trade him. In fact, I might just do that. I might load it up when I go at the end of the month and try to swing by and trade kayaks with them at that point. Cause like I want to start mounting stuff on the kayak and add new rails and whatnot, but I don't want to do it to his kayak, you know? Yeah. I might just do that. So you're coming in the, end of the month, so we're going to go fishing, right? That's the plan. Hopefully I'll, I'll be in Rockport. We can go hit up the jetties in Port A or the flats. And if I bring my kayak, would you be able to get your kayak or should I bring both? Uh, depends which way I go. If I, if I pass through Kyle, I can just pick it up and then head down. That's kind of out of your way, isn't it? Going from College Station to Rockport? I mean, it adds like an hour or two, I guess, but nothing too crazy. Hmm. I will have Ruth with me. So if I bring both mine and you bring yours, we could all go out. She could sunbathe and me and you can try to get on some reds. Dude, remember, remember when we went kayaking at, uh, Man. Was it Copenhagen Bay? There, I guess we stayed at, at your dad's place, and then they have they yeah, have yeah, little, yeah. We went on yeah, Copenhagen Bay. We found like this little like back bay area, and we found some red. Well, I caught a redfish out of there, uh, throwing soft plastics conventional. But I would, dude, I always had a feeling there'd be some fish stacked in there, man. I want to go back. That was where we went out, and then the freaking wind turned on us on the way back, right? And it got super choppy. That, yeah, yes, and we had to paddle into the wind. Dude, to it River. was horrible. And then, uh, yeah, our, our girlfriends at the time were like, "How long y'all gonna be out? <laughs> right. Do stuff for like cheese." So we friggin' we left when the when we finally found the fish. Of course, right? That sucked. Yeah, luckily you caught one. I don't think I caught anything that. Actually, I think I caught a couple hardheads, but that was it. Yeah, it always happens that way, man. Yep, dude, it's the worst when you finally find a fish or find <laughs> what you're looking for, and it's like, oh, well, it's time to go. Dude, Especially yeah. like with fly fishing, you know, you're racing against, you know, the sunlight. <laughs> Sometimes it sucks. It's like the bike gets really good and it's like, well, the sun's going down. It's kind of hard to fly fish now. So. But even when it's cloudy, sometimes be just even it being cloudy makes it tough. You can't Dude, see overcast it. makes it so, yeah, it makes it so hard to spot cast anything. Dude, I remember there's this one time we were, uh, this is before I got like really into fly fishing. Me and some buddies would, so... Let me back up, I guess. I think I may have already talked about this in, uh, in a previous podcast episode, but when I was doing my undergrad, uh, I, was, I was staying in South Texas. I spent a lot of time in South Texas, and I, I happened to meet a bunch of really good dudes who love to go hunting and fishing and stuff. And so during doe season, because doe hunting in South Texas is really popular, <clears throat> during doe season, we would, I mean, we would go dove hunting all the time. Like it was kind of a, it was kind of like, a little ritual man like every well not a ritual but um oh my god i'm having a brain fart dude tradition yes thank you tradition (laughs) 
Yep, guys, I'm in grad school, believe it or not. We're in trouble. <laughs> uh, so, so we're, uh, so yes, it was a tradition that no matter what day it was, whenever, whatever day the, op- the season opener fell, we would go in the morning. So we would, we would try not to miss class. We'd go out there and hunt for an hour or two, whatever, and then try to make it to class. And, um, I remember, dude. Sometimes I'd come to class like in my in my camo clothes and like have little feathers and stuff all over me. And but I mean, it was it was just so cool because everybody. It was just such like a normal thing. Nobody even batted an eye. Like we showed up in camo, the you know some feathers on us. And like oh, these guys are dove hunting. Like no one cared. It was it was pretty cool. But so we would That's do awesome. that. Yeah, man, we would do that. And then whenever. We, whenever dove season ended, we would have some time between dove season and duck season. So we filled it with fishing. And then duck season, when it got too cold to go like really fit, I mean, that's not really true. Big trout, um, from what I understand, that made the time to go to catch big trout during the winter. We just focused on dove or duck hunting. So we did that. But, anyways, so I had these group of guys, these group of friends that we would go, we, we, you know, hunted, fished all the time with. And so we were fishing this one day and there's a spot that I found and it's like a little honey hole of mine. I found it by accident, but every time I went there, dude, every time, no matter how bad a day it was, no matter how tough a day it was, I could always catch a fish there. Even if it wasn't like a keeper, but you know, I, I, I know that if I, if I didn't want to zero out, I can go there and catch a fish. Yeah. So there was this one day we went kayaking and I mean, it was a, it was kind of slow. The fish weren't, you know, uh, we weren't finding a lot of them. They were kind of far and few between. So I decided just to go there, and it had, it had been a while at this point. I had graduated. Uh, I think I already graduated my master's. So I was working in College Station at the time. So I decided, and I went back when I, I'd actually used to go back quite a bit to go visit some friends and stuff in Kingsville. And so I decided to go back, and uh, we went fishing one weekend. So we were there. And I would, one of my, like how I like to fish it in order, in order for me to like fish it effectively, I felt like I would beach the kayak and I would just wade the the shoreline. And Mm -hmm. so this, this day was super cloudy, dude. Like it, I mean, I couldn't see, usually this, this spot had a bunch of like sand intermixed with, with turtle grass. And so it was really good for redfish, trout, whatever. And my thing was I like to cast into the pockets of sand and kind of bounce a jig out of there or swim a, um, a, uh, a, a gold spoon through there or something. But um, mm-hmm. I couldn't see the, the, where the sand was because everything just looked the same because of clouds. So, dude, I was like in my mind, I was like, come on, just I just need a break. God, come on. Just just I just need like a few seconds of sunlight and do like not even <laughs> a minute after making that thought literally like the sun shined through and I, I could briefly see some pockets of sand. So I, I just picked one randomly and I, I threw in there and um, let my bait hit the bottom, gave it a couple pops and I felt the bite. Dude, I cranked down and set the hook and my line just took off. And uh, it, and usually I can tell whenever I hook like a, like a slot size red, but this thing was, was pulling hard. I was like, dude, this uh-huh. is a pretty good fish. And I kept finding it. And I see the tail come up. I'm like, holy crap, dude. And I just start freaking out. But I'm trying to keep my cool. But I know that it's the, probably the biggest redfish I had hooked up to that point. And so yeah. I'm just reeling it in, man. And and finally get it. Like, it, it took me, I don't know, dude, like 10 minutes maybe on, on a medium. No, it was a, yeah, it was a medium light six foot six redfish rod. It was a really, really? small stick. Yeah. 
And, uh, but I mean, it, and I think I had 15 pound, I had 20, no, I had 30 pound braid at the time with a 15 pound mono leader. And so I was just, you know, I just, I didn't want to bust it. So I just played it, got it in the net. And dude, as soon as I got in the net, I, I reached down to, to take the lure out of its mouth. And I mean, I just touched the line and the lure pops out. I mean, I was so close to losing that fish. Dude, that's crazy. But I was like, dude, yeah, man. I mean, the sun, like, didn't see it after that. I just, it just took that, like, 15 seconds of sunlight for me to make that fish. And that was the only fish, like, the only real good fish I caught that day. Those 15 seconds of sunlight made all the difference, man. Dude, that's fishing, awesome. Yeah, fishing in the, in the, with cloudy cover, it's, it's so hard, dude. Especially fly fishing, cause you, I mean, you're already kind of limiting yourself with the fly rod. Right. But now with, when you're adding the, the clouds in the game, it's, it's, it's tough, dude. It's really hard. I that think personally is. for me anyways, I struggle with it. Especially if you're going for a species that you have to sight cast, you know, you know, most fly fishing is sight casting, but you can get away with blind casting with some species. But if you're going for redfish or carp, like you have to see them. Yeah. I've, I've gone, fly fishing on really cloudy days before and it sucks man i like i don't see the fish usually until they bust out like i see them leaving that's when i see them right and it freaking sucks dude i get i get so mad but i mean that's just part of the game you know yeah you, you i have just... had one day on lower lake to that was uh it was overcast and i couldn't see a damn thing but i know that there's an area where the hydrilla is which is where the pickerel hang out and yeah. then there's a channel which lines up directly with the lower dam. So it's kind of easy to know where you're at and where to cast. And, dude, I tore up the pickerel that day. I caught over 10 of them. I think my biggest was yeah. 24 inches. Um, and so that's really the only trip I've ever had really good success on overcast days on the fly rod. Yeah. Uh, but, dude, that day was fun. You, you make a good point. So I guess the caveat there is, like, don't get me wrong, Fish, like sight casting or sight fishing on cloudy days can be tough but i think fishing in general can be good if other factors are are good too like i've had some pretty good days throwing topwater lures on cloudy days and um same for fly fishing too like if i'm not if i don't have to sight fish like if i'm throwing hoppers or poppers or streamers or whatever it doesn't really mm-hmm. matter like if i'm if i'm right. targeting like structure rather than specific fish or um, like underwater structure, like in like in the in the story I just told, like I was looking for grass and sand specifically, which are under the water. So I need the sun to be able to see that. But you know, if I'm like targeting tree roots or rocks or boulders, stuff like that, I mean, it's not as big of a deal. But yeah, man, for sure right. you can. So you can definitely have some some great days of fishing on cloudy days, like like you had, for example, just. For what I usually do on that particular day, I needed the sun, man. It and it was exactly. It was brutal. Dude, I, I would hate to freaking go out carp fishing and have clouds roll in. <laughs> that would be so tough. Dude, I, I cannot figure them out, bro. I cannot figure them out. I can't either. I was hoping when we went to Van Buren that uh we're gonna go try to go fishing for some buffalo carp or you know, smallmouth buffalo, but um yeah, that didn't. We we ended up going somewhere else, but I'm hoping the next time we make a trip there, which I believe, well, probably not, because on the 15th we're taking a guided trip um, for smallmouth on the Washita. Um, so I don't think Sunday morning, because that's going to be on Saturday morning. I don't think Sunday morning we'll be able to go fishing 
Um, maybe after church though on Sunday, might be able to go for a little bit. But dude, I want to get on some smallmouth so bad. Smallmouth buffalo. Oh, man, I know I did too. I want to go to Houston and try and find some carp. I don't know if I told you, but I finally was able to fish that rod I built. Dude, yeah, you sent me that picture. Yeah, man. So of it bent over. Yeah. So I, I, I when was it? It was maybe about a week ago, something like that. I um, there's a little like little pond I can literally walk to from my from my neighborhood. I went over there just to kind of go cast it. I wasn't really going fishing. I was just wanting to see how it cast. And uh, uh-huh. so I casted it around. I love the way it casts. And um, and I did manage to catch a green sunfish. That was the first fish I caught on that rock. And then maybe sometime last week, Wednesday or Thursday, I can't remember. Tuesday? No, Tuesday is 4th of July. So I guess Wednesday, Wednesday or Thursday, I went to um, – there's a pond – in in college station called aggie well so there's a park in college station called aggie park and they have a pond there dude this pond is crazy so they stocked it with bass i don't know if they put any panfish because i've yet to catch one or see one um i've heard of white bass being put in there that i don't know if they're still there but at some point this pond had redfish Really? And yes. And I would not have believed it, but I I saw a picture of a student who caught one with a nymph rig of all things. And really? Yes. And cause so there's a uh, there's a, a fly fishing group at AM and one of their members so there's like a group chat, one of their members posted the photo in the group chat. And I was like, no way, dude. And I looked and I zoomed in and sure enough, it, it, it looked like a redfish, had the redfish spot. It was a freaking redfish. And they he still had the rig that he used to, to hook it tied to his rod. And there was an indicator. And so I zoomed in even more into the into the photo. And just in the corner of the mouth, it looked like a nymph of some sort. So this this guy hooked this redfish on a nymph rig. It's a, to that's this, awesome. To this day, it's the only redfish I have seen or heard of being caught in that pond. And then they stocked the pond during the winter with trout. Um, I I caught a few, um, some pretty pretty decent ones. And but yeah, man, this pond is insane. It's actually really pretty too. So I decided to go there because I know that there's bass there. I've hooked bass there before. They're like little footballs, man. They they're pretty. Because there's fish feeding stations, so they they the, the fat the fish there get pretty plump. I do mm-hmm. think that they might be getting uh, kind of cookie cutter size. They they're all like the same. They look the same. They have the same body shape profile. I'm afraid I that see. they're gonna they're gonna get stunted a little bit if they don't manage it. But that's neither that's not my my department. I guess that's whoever manages that place. But right. uh, so I decided to go there try and, and find some bigger fish with that rod and i hooked two and then I, I lost both of them um on the first one i guess i had a knot in my tippet and it broke so i lost i lost that fish the second fish same deal i lost it because of a, of a of a bad knot i tied so i was like what the heck man so i i upped my tippet size changed some flies around and uh Finally caught a, I don't know, man, it was like a pound and a half or so. 
and the rod was awesome. Like I, I freaking, I love the way that it fishes. I love the way it feels. Um, handles a fish, no problem. It's, it's a lot of fun. The only thing that I realized, so whenever I was casting it, I felt something moving in the grip and I, I was really scared that I somehow managed to screw up either the grip or the real seat whenever I apply the epoxy. Um, mm-hmm. but I, upon further investigation, I think what it is, is that the, the real seat of the reel that I have on it, which is a Reddington behemoth is a little bit too big for those little, like those little slits that the real seat slit, you know, the real seat slides into. Um, mm-hmm. because when I got home, I tried it with some of the reels that I have and they fit better than the reel that I have on there. So, cause whenever I, I cast, I could feel the reel kind of shift around a little bit, even if I have the, um, the, uh, the, uh, real seat like cranked up. Um, sorry, not real seat, real foot of the behemoth, the real seats on the uh-huh. rod. So even if I have like the, the locks of the real seat cranked as hard as I like, tightened down as, as hard as I could, it, it still moves around a bit. So I, I cause I, I, I took it off and I casted the rod with the line just without the reel. And it feels fun. Like I don't feel any of that. It's when I put the reel back on. That's when I feel like there's something moving around. So I, I want to go back and try it with a different reel to see how it feels. But um, that's my my main concern right now, that I somehow fudged the epoxy job of the reel seat or the grip, which is very plausible. This is my first build. Right. Which would I hope that's not the case, though. I, I hope not either. There's, there's ways to fix it. But as I understand it, it's a pain, and I'm, I'm, it's pretty much going to require me to redo the entire rod, which I Damn really, man. really, really do not want to do if I can help it. Um, right. Well, let's hope that's not the case. Yeah. But anyways, all of this to say that I finally fished it, and I think it'll suffice for its intended job, which was to catch carp. Like, I, I built this rod with carp in mind, and that's what I really want to do with it. So... I really want to make a, a trip down to Houston and uh, and try it out, man. Or or that one carp spot that I found a while back. But I just I really just want to try and hook a carp with that thing. Well, I hope you can get on them soon, man. I need to find a spot up here that has carp like more than just a few weeks out of the year. Yeah, I don't know of really any places that I that I can find them up here um, when they're not, you know, coming in here to breed. So, but I need to find some spots so I can practice on them and try to try to get another one but i want to get on them bad dude but when when they are there where you can get them they're in there dude they are stacked dude they that they are they're stacked but yeah it's it's tough too though because when they are there they have something else on their mind so it's really hard to to properly hook exactly exactly they're not really feeding much they're just getting their jiggy on so it's uh it's a little it's, it's difficult but um uh, yeah, I mean, they're stacked here. This past year, they weren't nearly as stacked as they were the year before. There was a lot more gar this year than there was previously. Um, and then I hooked, did I tell you about the time I hooked a freaking huge snapping turtle? No. Yeah, so I was out there and it was when the damn foliage started growing up. And so it's harder to, you know, fish out there when it all starts getting overgrown. So I was like, yeah, I'll just wait out there and I'll wait out to where I can get a good cast at, at the carp. And I can see the carp out there. They weren't really feeding, but they were just kind of cruising. And, uh, so I'm casting at the carp, casting, and I, and I ended up hooking one, a smaller one. 
it was around the same time that I sent you the video of that that weird black koi, I think it is. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And so I was casting at him and um hooked one carp, didn't land it, um, pulled the fly out of his mouth because I, I I guess I just don't even I was trying to horse on it, trying to, you know, uh trout set on it. It just didn't obviously didn't work. So um I hooked a couple gar and then I hooked something and I don't even remember what fly I was using. And I hooked something and it just wasn't fighting. And I was like, the hell? And I was like, do I have something or am I like snagged? And then it starts moving like sideways. And I'm like, well, I guess I hooked something, but it's moving really slowly. And so I'm like, just kind of trying to fight it. And it was like a weird, like there was no head dirks. There was, there was nothing. I was like, what is, what is this? And so I fought it for like five minutes and I bring it in. And then as I start pulling it, cause it, like I was standing in all the weeds and the water was about probably mid thigh and I'm trying to pull it through the grass and, you know, trying to be careful not to break it off. And I'm like, what the hell is like, there was a freaking big old snapping turtle, probably like bigger than a dinner plate size snapping turtle. And I hooked it in the mouth and I was like, so I was like, um, uh, uh, okay like <laughs> i don't know what to do That's in this situation crazy. and so i bring it within f- like five feet of me um i don't have my net on me because i i had my big uh net that i used for the carp that big off offset handle one. Oh yeah and yeah. so i had it on the bank and i'm like yeah i was like I, I i don't have my net i was like i guess i'm just gonna try to you know shake the fly out of his mouth like and i brought it within five feet of me and it came off and i was like okay so now there's this big snap and drill here and I keep seeing bubbles and I'm like, I think that's it. And I was like, I just kind of want to get it away, you know? And so I'm like feeling around with the butt of my fly rod and I tap it. I'm like, that's the turtle. And then I see the bubbles start moving. And I was like, just get away from me, dude. Like, I don't want to <laughs> step on you and get bit. Cause I mean, he was big enough to where he could probably bite a chunk out of my leg. Um, and I was like, ah. so, so I was like, I guess I'll just not move my feet. And so I was casting a couple more carp that I was seeing. Uh, but yeah, dude, I hooked that big old freaking alligator snapping turtle. I was like, damn it. But you know, I never got bit and I never saw it again. So I'm assuming it just kind of cruised off, but the thing was freaking massive. But I was like, Dude, uh, I don't know what to do in this situation. Those things are <laughs> scary, man. Right. They're, they're freaking like gnarly looking. Not only that, but Dude, the, 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 the power of those jaws, they can clay, they can take your finger clean off, man. Dude, it's like, nuts. I've seen those videos where like put soda cans and stuff in them and yeah. it's crazy. Do you ever seen the? You ever seen that show? What was it called? Turtle Man or something like that? And dude, that, that dude is freaking weird. Dude, but he would go and he would just like he would catch those things like they were nothing. I was like, forget that, man. I'm yeah. not listening. Grab two and three of them at a time. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Hell no! Couldn't pay me enough for that. I ain't losing the finger to that. Right, dude. You some of those that he was catching too. You could lose a freaking hand more than a finger. Yeah. Dude was wild. Yeah, they're freaking massive. So, dude, we went hiking today. Well, we went hiking yesterday, um, and we went to another state park that I never heard of. It's called uh, Wooly Hollow up in a town called Greenbrier. And um, it was me, Ruth, and Adeline, and it was 3.95 miles. Um, so, Adeline made the whole hike, surprisingly, almost four miles of hiking. Wow. And uh, it was just super peaceful. It, it poured. We were on our way up. There's about two hours from here. And um, we're driving and it was just pouring like so bad that I hydroplaned numerous times on I-30. Like I was like this like white knuckling the steering wheel. Like what the heck? And and we looked up the weather and the rain was supposed to stop around one o'clock up there. And we were supposed to get there around one fifteen. I was like, all right, sweet. So we get there 
and we get to the welcoming center and we go in there. I was like, I was like, how was that rain that came through here? Because there's some good waterfalls over there on the hike. I was, you know, excited that if, if it was raining, but no longer rain, that hopefully the waterfalls are good. And she's like, oh, we got a couple sprinkles, but that's it. And I was like, damn. So I knew the waterfalls weren't going to be that great, but we went and we hiked it. Um, it was, it was muggy, but it was gorgeous. The majority of the trails were shaded. Um, it is just like through the woods. And so it was good. We finished and then we got out and went and swam in the lake. And then we decided to go for a hike today. And we went to a place here in hot springs called goat rock. And it was, I mean, perfect weather. It rained all day today too. And then it stopped, you know, around four o'clock and we went hiking and I saw the weirdest thing up there. I took a video of it. I'm going to post it on Instagram. There was this tree and I don't know what kind of tree it is, but there was bunches of leaves, right? So like it comes off the branch and then it splits. And then there's like probably three to five leaves on each little small branch off the branches. And in numerous spots on the tree, they were swinging back and forth towards each other. Like, you know, the, those pendulum ball things where you drop a ball from one side and the ball on the other side moves. Yeah. So, you know, if, if you like grab both of them and you drop them both from the same side and they start clanking back and forth. Yeah. It was like that. The bunches of leaves were doing that together in like numerous spots of the tree. It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. I have no clue what could have caused it. So I took a video of it and I'm going to post it and see if anybody knows, but it was freaking weird. I don't know why the, the thinking of turtle man holding up the turtles <laughs> made me think of those little <laughs> bunches of leaves, but dude, it was freaking weird. I, I have no clue what caused it. Dude, that's a little, little eerie. Not gonna lie. A little creepy. Dude, it was. And I was like, uh, and so I just took a video of it and, um, I'm going to post it and see if anybody knows what, what it was. Like I, I was thinking, okay, well, you know, maybe it's like a weird, you know, drift of wind coming, you know, off the, cause we're in the mountains. Like it, it, okay. But it was happening in numerous spots on this tree. And I'm like, what is this? It was weird, man. Yeah. That's a little strange, dude. Not going to lie. Right. Right. But I'll post it and I'll see if anybody, if any of the listeners or viewers out there know what it, know what it would be. And I'll tag you in it so you can see, but dude, it was freaking weird. In fact, I'll probably post it on the wildlife outdoors page and uh, see if anybody knows, but yeah, dude, it was freaking crazy. Yeah. I don't, I don't know of any, anything as to why that might happen. No idea. That's the first I've yeah, heard of that. Is, I mean, yeah, I mean, there was no bugs on the leaves. There was no animals in the tree like it did it was very strange very strange dude we should have a uh, an episode maybe closer to halloween about creepy stuff that we've experienced while we're hunting or fishing or camping or whatever hiking dude i talked to vic about that the other day dude he and i have some stories man yeah, that's what he was saying. I was like, dude, Jose has told me some stories that are giving me freaking goosebumps from y'all growing up. And he's like, dude, we got a bunch of them. I said, dude, closer to Halloween in October, we need to start doing like scary story episodes. He's like, dude, I'm definitely down. So we need we need to do that for sure. That would be fun, man. Yeah. He and I, so growing up, me and, and Vic, or Victor, I call him Vic, we used to, we grew up, well, our grandparents lived down the street from one another. And, uh, his dad used to coach a football team. And so my mom, so I, I wasn't, I wasn't into sports growing up. Like that just, it wasn't my thing. Right. And my mom, <laughs> she felt like I needed to make friends or get out or something. She goes, she's like, I'm going to sign you up for, for football. I was like, what are you talking about? I thought she was just joking. And so one day I remember me and my brother were in the room hanging out and she comes in she goes, 
Jose, you need to go to bed. You got to be up early tomorrow. I was like, for what? It was a, it was a Saturday. Well, it was a Friday night when that happened. She was talking about Saturday morning. I was like, for what? What are you talking about? She goes, yeah, you're gonna be, you got a, you got a football game to go to. And I was like, mom, quit playing. She was like, I'm not. You remember that guy, Victor? I was like, yeah. It's like, well, his dad is. Uh, she, he just called me and he needs someone to fill a spot. So I told him you do it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> so, so I, I, yeah, man. So I, I had went to bed and I woke up and still the whole, whole time thinking she was kidding. And then we loaded up in the car and she drove me to this, to these fields and there's a bunch of people playing football. I was like, what the hell? And, uh, so the guy, his dad, Vic's dad, that was the first time I never really met, um, Vic until then. And, um, so his dad gave me some pads and the helmet and he goes, yeah, so uh, all you got to do is hit the guy in front of you and just keep moving your legs. I was like, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing, dude, but I did what he told me. And uh, But after that, yeah, I started going to the practices and stuff. So I legit started playing football because my mom thinks. And um, and uh, that's how I met Victor, man. We just started hanging out. And then, and then I, we didn't, I didn't even know, at that, at least at that point in time, that his grandparents lived on the, on the same street my grandparents did. And so we just started going and hanging uh-huh. out. And uh, and playing football, and then and then so and then I found out that he was into like fishing and hunting and stuff, and his um, we ended up becoming really like like really really good friends, and they would uh, take me fishing and stuff with them, capping and stuff with them, whenever they'd go. It was a uh, it was a uh, kind of funny how we met, but it was a good time, man. But yeah, dude. So needless to say, we spent a lot of time um, together growing up, and uh, yeah, dude, we've we've experienced some crazy, some weird stuff. Stuff I, I I cannot explain, but uh, yeah, that'll be that'll be for another episode. Right, right. That that's gonna be some good episodes though. I know people like listening to crap like that, so I'm excited to talk about it. Cause I'm sure there's some stories that he probably remembers that you haven't told me yet. Cause I know you've told me a lot of them, but I'm yeah. excited for that. That's gonna be a good one. For sure, for sure. But yes, sir. So, dude, I've been watching uh Gatewood's YouTube channel, right, and. I'm like stoked. He did a trip on the South or on the Lano. I don't know if it's South Lano, but he did a trip on the Lano and he did a trip at Big Bend. And I sent them both to you. You need to check them out. Um, but yeah, dude, I've been binge watching his crap. Oh, I can't even say crap. It's like great quality stuff, but um, it's getting me stoked. Like, cause I bought my bona fide kayak mainly for the premise of going kayak camping uh, because it has the, the hole, the hatch that you can put stuff in the hole of the kayak. And I was like, that'd be good for, you know, a few things that I don't want to just keep on top of the kayak when I'm going down rapids. And so that's the main, one of the main reasons I bought the Bonafide. And so I've been wanting to do it for a while, but now like after watching his videos, I'm like, dude, I definitely need to go. So I bought a couple hammocks. Um, I bought a tent, I bought some sleeping mats, um, bought a jet boil system. Like I bought all sorts of like small things that I'm going to need. And I think me and Ruth are going to go hit up the Buffalo soon but i told her that uh i want to go to big ben and i told her i'd talk to you about it and maybe we can make a trip when it cools off a little bit maybe all three of us can go hit up big ben and uh go on a kayak camping trip yeah man we need to so i don't know if you heard but there has been a few people who have died this year hiking in texas really yeah because the heat and I think I think some people have died in Big Ben, if I'm not mistaken. I was trying to find the uh, the story earlier. But, that's uh, crazy. So yeah, definitely wait till it cools down. <laughs> yes, yeah, and I guess that's a good a, a good uh, uh, 
warning for everybody who's trying to do anything in the outdoors this month, especially here in Texas. Like it, it's it, the heat's no joke. Take water, rest, make sure you let people know where you're going to be. Um, just, you know, take every safety precaution possible because it is no joke. Let's see if I, can, I think it was in Texas. Exactly. Monday, I, we've been out here. I mean, we've been, uh, you know, adventuring a lot, obviously. Um, and I think it's because it's been such a wet summer that the humidity is just, it's, it's so bad. It is so bad. I'm sweating so freaking much all the time and I'm not used to taking, you know, a bunch of water if I'm going to go on like a five mile hike, you know? And, but that, yeah, I need to start doing better because there's been a few times where I get off, um, get off work or get off a trailer, get off, you know, doing anything outdoors, whether it's, you know, recreating or not. And it's like, I just feel drained in my mouth. Like I got so dehydrated at work a couple weeks ago that like I couldn't even salivate and I just got home yeah. and I just, you know, drank a bunch, like a bunch of water bottles. And then I went and got some Gatorades and tried to replenish some electrolytes. I mean, it's just been brutal. If you're not replenishing the water that you're sweating out, I mean, it's dangerous. So I think yeah. the humidity is, is, you know, contributing a lot to that this year. Yeah, man. Cause so, I mean, the way the sweat works, like when it evaporates, that's how it cools you down. But if it's so humid, your skin can't, I mean, you can't, it doesn't really evaporate. So you don't really get the chance to cool down. So the humidity can really be really yeah. bad. And, you know, when it, so during the summer, I do some field work. And uh, the last time I went to the field, I think every day was triple digits. The hottest day, I think, was 108 degrees, not including the heat index. So, my buddy and I, we were just trying to work early in the morning before it got too hot. And then we'd go um, back to the hotel during the day when it's at its hottest. And we'd go back during the evening uh, just because it's it's just, it's, it's honestly pretty dangerous. So, uh, and we have water and everything, yeah. but dude, like we could feel it, man. It was, it was no joke. And I, and I found that article. So, and when was this written? This was written June 26th, 2023. Uh, three people have died during or shortly after hikes in extreme heat in Texas parks on June 21st. A 17 year old boy was rescued from Lighthouse Trail in Paladuro Canyon, later died at the hospital. Two members of the group of the same group survived. Two days later, a 31 year old man and his 14 year old stepson died in Big Bend National Park. Dude, and these are young. These are young people, man. So I mean, it is right. You know, it, it is. It is. Uh, it does not discriminate. So you know, that's crazy, careful, man. And that's one thing about Big Bend is it's so desolate that there's probably not any cell phones, especially if you're in those canyons and stuff with 1,300 foot rock walls. Like there ain't no way you're getting cell phone service out there. So it's hard to call for help. You know, exactly. you need to make sure that you're letting people know where you're at. And then on top of that, you know, there's always the flash flood, especially during, you know, wet summers like we've had flash floods. I mean, you can't see storms moving in because the walls are so high. And next thing you know, it's on top of you and oh, crap, water's rising. Got nowhere to go. So it's definitely important to, uh, you know, let people know where you're going to be and when you when you plan on being back and stuff, because there's really no way to call for help when you're in places like that. And that's kind of why I want to take like at least a three person trip. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when we go to the field, we, at minimum, it's two people. 
just because, like like you said, you never know what happens. I mean, we've seen rattlesnakes in the field during the summer. Heat can be bad. We we always it's always good to have an extra person or two if you, if you can spare it. So, um, and I, I right. know I need to do better about this, but like letting people know whenever you're going to the field, whether it be fishing, hunting, hiking, camping, whatever, it's uh, it can it can it can truly make a difference, man. Um, I know, like I said, I'm not, I've not been the best at that. Usually I just kind of take off. It's kind of spur of the moment, but, um, yeah, it's, right. it's, it's, it's always a good precaution to take before you go do what you're going to do. Cause you just never know what's going to happen. Exactly. Freak accidents can happen. And if people aren't expecting you home a certain time, then nobody's going to know to go look for you. So exactly, it's definitely good to let people know. Like, um, there was, I mean, like it happens all the time. I think in the, was it, there was a story I read. I can't remember if it was on the, I think it was the Appalachian Trail. This woman was hiking and she like twisted her ankle or something and she didn't go back or she, she didn't make it back. And I think it was her husband or some family member got worried, but luckily they knew what, at least what trail she was at. They were able to find her like, I don't know, like a day later or something like that, but she was okay. Aside from her her messed up ankle, but yeah, man. I mean, if she hadn't told anybody, that could have been that could have been pretty damn bad. Exactly. She can't make it to get help, and you know who knows how long it'll be till somebody finds her. And there's wildlife out there, and that Black would suck. Bears, mountain lions. Yeah. That being said, though, I crazy. would love to get a photo yeah, of a black bear. Dude, I was listening to a Mr. Ballin the other day talking about a guy that um, wanted to get a picture of grizzly bears, and he was taking pictures as he was being attacked because he was so, I mean, I guess he knew he was going to die, and he was hiking with his wife, too, and he said, hold on, go to the car, I'll be right back, I'm going to go do this, and so he went to get closer to take a picture, and I guess they treed him and then ripped him out of the tree, and I think he still took a picture of him being attacked. He like, he knew he had made the mistake and he had such a respect for them. But I was like, dude, that's freaking crazy. I guess that there was cubs nearby. And oh, uh, so of course the, the grizzly bear, mother grizzly bear, you know, was being protective. But I was like, dude, that's freaking crazy. Like I would love to get a picture of, you know, moose and grizzly bears and, and mountain lions. And I just, ah, it's so dangerous. <laughs> yeah moose are mean man but that that story reminds me of uh Dude, I saw this, and they're huge they are huge they're massive um i saw this this post i was gonna send it to you i saw this post on instagram the other day there was a photographer i think he was in alaska and uh there was a, a grizzly bear by the edge of a stream and he's taking a photo of this grizzly bear and the grizzly bear starts charging at him but i I do that guy had freaking cojones, man. Like he just stood his ground, was taking photos the entire time. This bear was charging at him. And I guess and luckily for him it was a false charge. The bear peeled off at the last second. And then the guy starts like running after him, taking photos. I'm like, dude, what is man, that guy's built different, bro. Dude, I saw that. <laughs> that dude has some freaking stones. I was like, dude. I probably would have just died from fear. I would have had a heart attack. Man. Like and he didn't like his feet didn't even move. I was like, no. "What is wrong with he, you?" He dude? was, yeah. He, I mean, he was squared up with the bear the whole time. Like, I don't understand it. I would have, yeah, man. That guy had some. Like yeah, and that bear was freaking huge too. It was. It was. It was not a juvenile, man. It was. He that dude has some cojones, yeah. man. Some stones, bro. Like you For said, sure. he's, I was like, he's, oh he's my built god. Different. 
That guy's built different. <laughs> I'm built different. <laughs> I mean, if that's his profession, he's dude. He is dedicated to say the least. That is freaking nuts. Right. I would have said, screw that. I, I, I want to see the pictures I though. I know, man. That would that would have been those those had to have been epic pictures, but. Oh, for sure. Can you think about the the face the bear's making, ma- mouth wide open, baring its teeth? But at what cost? I mean, he's lucky. But if, but yeah, if, he, if, yeah. If, in this case, there was you know no cost. Yeah. Uh, maybe and, just and, maybe just some new some new drawers. Yeah, I mean he's lucky, <laughs> but uh, it, it could have very easily gone the opposite direction. You know. Right, right. That's freaking but, crazy, man. Yeah. That's dedication. I would have said, screw the pictures, man. I would have thrown the camera at right. the thing. <laughs> <laughs> Throw it and turn around. He did, and then the thing that got me is he didn't even raise his arms and try to like make himself no. big like they say no. to do. Like he just, I mean, just stayed how he was. Dude, he took photos the entire time. His 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 face never left the the the, the freaking camera, the viewfinder. Right. Like it was it was insane, insane. Hats off to insane him. Insane in the membrane. Right. Yeah. I I wonder. So I saw that video on Instagram, but I wonder who posted it. I wonder if we can find it and try to track down those pictures. Cause I, dude, I want to see the pictures. They have yeah. to be good. I didn't even think about that. I, dude, I that would suck if that. the pictures suck. Right? They're all blurry. <laughs> They're all blurry or his settings weren't right or he had it on manual focus and just wasn't in focus. Overexposed. Right. Man. I took a long exposure um, of this. It wasn't really a little waterfall. It was like a little tiny ripple where there's some rocks sticking out over that Willie Hollow State Park. And I took a long exposure. And, dude, it came out freaking – I don't know what to think about it. Like, I think I might need to tweak a little more on Lightroom. But the water is soft because it was a five-second exposure. I had a uh, ND filter on there. And the rocks are clear. But I just don't – I don't know. It just it looks weird to me. I don't know what it is, but something just looks weird. Like what I do posted you mean, like, on Instagram. Kind of. I think uh, that's probably what it is. Like it just doesn't look real. Because I I took some photos of the San Marcos River a long time ago, long exposure with an ND filter, and mm-hmm. I like how they turn out, but my only issue with it is, and I don't know if it was the editing, if I did too much i don't think i did but just it looks like a painting more than it does a picture yeah that's kind of how that's kind of what this is yeah so you know and i was thinking i was like well maybe it's not perfectly in focus then i zoom in on the rocks and i'm like dude the rocks are perfectly in focus and you know composition wise like I, i made sure there was a foreground so i like kind of almost shot through some foliage on the bank. And then mm-hmm. like I was, I, I put a lot of thought into the composition of the picture and then I took, I took a few exposures, but um, I ended up settling on, on a five second exposure. Um, and I think I was shooting it at F four and cause I wanted a little bit more in focus cause it, I was using F 1.8 lens. And so I, I backed it up to F four. And so I put a lot of thought into the composition of it. And then when I imported it into Lightroom, started editing, I was like, I don't, I had to brighten it up a little bit because it was a little underexposed. But I was like, I just don't know what I think about it. And so I tried to bring the saturation down, thinking it maybe it was oversaturated because the sky through the trees was a little dark blue. Mm-hmm. And um, so I went and I made a mask for the blue hues and I brought brought the saturation down a little bit, brought the vibrance down, um, tried to illuminate a little more. So I, I raised the light level, the exposure on just the blues. And I mean, I tried to make it look like the typical things that I would, I would do in post-processing, but... It just, I think that's what it is. I think it just looks more like a painting than a picture, but it's just weird. 
Is it on the? Did you post it on your personal one or the the podcast? Yes, I posted on my personal one. It's on Facebook and Instagram. Okay, but on my personal ones. Hmm. I'm gonna go check it out. I haven't so, seen long. Dude, the. I hadn't either, but but after the rain, like I was excited for the waterfalls. I was like, I'm gonna get a long exposure for a waterfall. And I was going to, we went and hiked Petty Jean, and there's a big waterfall there, and it was really flowing last time we went in January. Um, but we get all the way there, and I was like, How am I gonna take a long exposure without a tripod? <laughs> I didn't take a freaking tripod or an ND filter. I pulled the ND filter out of my camera bag and I was using my remote designs bag because it was raining, and so <laughs> I was gonna keep everything there because it's a couple mile hike to the waterfall. And so I didn't put my ND filter in the bag, put my camera in the bag, and then I didn't bring a tripod. And I was like, Dang so I could have got by with just like setting it on a rock, yeah. but didn't have an ND filter. So I was like, this sucks. And then it was, ended up raining harder than I expected. So I probably didn't want to leave my camera out there for 30 seconds anyways. But just yeah, it was, those, uh, um, that would have been an awesome time. She just keep one of those, um, what are they called? The Gorilla Grip. Ones, yeah, yeah, those little like low profile. Yeah, dude, those things are awesome. Things. I mean, you could wrap them around right. branches, you can set them but, up on, on rock, whatever you need. But exactly, and they're, well, I, and they're light. They don't. Take I, I had space. one. I, I had one. It was an off-brand one, and my my Nikon D750 is just too heavy. I mean, that body on that camera is huge. I'm I'm really thinking about my buying a mirrorless body. I. Made the move to mirrorless three years ago, I think it was two or three years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, because it was, it was around COVID. And um, I mean, I didn't get anything fancy like the mirrorless cameras out now, they're pretty, pretty dang good. But you know, it does a job, it's just not really made for video, so I don't use it for video, I just use it for photos. Right? Um, even and that's then, one thing some- that I want to do is I want to make sure I get a body that's that's uh good for video because the video function on my D750 is lacking. I mean, it doesn't even have any type of uh, tracking autofocus or anything yeah. like that. Um, I can half depress the button and it'll focus. It'll try to find a focal point and then it just yeah. stays at that focal length. So, See, and, and I, I mean, mirrorless cameras are awesome. I, I really like them. One, they're lighter. They're in a, generally, they're going to be smaller than their DSLR counterparts. Um, but yeah, so like Nikon, I bought one of their earlier, uh, I guess, entries into the mirrorless market. So the autofocus is, or the, the, like the focus tracking isn't like say a Mm -hmm. Sony, which has been in the mirrorless game for a while. Like Sony's pretty much at least they, they were leading the pack. I think Canon's made a lot of ground and then Nikon slowly catching up too. But I think right now Nikon, or sorry, Canon and Sony are probably still like best in the game when it comes to mirrorless. I just really yeah. like the colors from, from Nikon cameras. And mm-hmm. for me, like the, where the buttons are and everything, it's just very intuitive. It just makes sense to me. So I, I, I personally exactly really like Nikon. And, and like, I, I don't regret taking my, you know, my, my purchase. I love it. Uh, I just wish there were some things that were better, but, and from what I understand, from what I've heard, some of their newer, like higher end models, they are like nearly as good as a Sony and Canon offerings, but they're expensive. But I mean, yeah, yeah dude, they are if, pretty penny for sure. If you, 
want to get into mirrorless cameras, I highly, I, I would say go for it. They're friggin' sick. And then you have those adapters, so all of the all of the lenses you have for your DSLR, they're still compatible. Yeah, you can just, yeah. You just change bodies. Exactly, and that's one one reason why I think I want to do it. But I've also contemplated going to Sony and just having a videography camera, which would be different lenses, anyways, because of yeah. of what I would be doing. And then having keeping my Nikon for because I, I love my Nikon does amazing for portraits um, and ju- just for still photos. The video, I mean, the video on it is really good. It's just the the focusing is is very difficult. So um, I thought about going and getting like a a lower end Sony mirrorless for video and you know have a couple lens with lenses with it and then keep my nikon and all my other lenses because i have one two three four five six seven lenses for it um and just keep that for my photography so but then again if i can get a nikon body that with an adapter that's fully compatible with all my lenses and the autofocus and all that stuff for video is better than i just might do that that way i don't have to buy new lenses because all the lenses that i currently have would work fine for what video I'd be trying to do. So I can't remember which Nikon camera was. I think it was a Z, the Z six two. Well, they also have a, um, a crop sensor camera. They came out with not too long ago, but it's, it's geared more towards, um, vlogging and stuff, but it's made with like video in mind rather than, than portrait photography. That one's like under a grand. It's right. supposed to be pretty good. Um, then they have like four really? there. Yeah, and then for their full sensor offerings, I think their Z62 models and up are supposed to be, I think, pretty good for for videography. I think, but uh, I know a lot of. I the, see. I mean, I wouldn't really need full frame for video. The main yeah. reason that I use full frame uh, for stills is, you know, light and stuff like that. Which video, I'm not going to be doing anything fancy at all. Be, you know, at the most cinematic style, which is typically darker anyways. So yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't I really think, need too much. I think that, that, uh, I can't remember what Z Z 30. I think it was, I could be wrong. I think I can record in 4k. Really? I think so. But, uh, yeah, that, one, yeah, that one might be, I think worth looking into. I think I'll take a look at that one, man. Cause I definitely need to get something yeah. and then something that's a little smaller. Cause I want to get a little hip pack too, to keep it in yeah. for when I'm out in the water and whatnot. Yeah. I mean the, the crop sensor, um, mirrorless cameras, they're pretty, they're pretty small, dude. They, they got a real small footprint and they're, and they're light, which is nice. Um, yeah. But yeah. And, Cause I know a lot of YouTubers, they use Sony cameras for vlogging and stuff like that and for shooting B roll and everything. Um, Peter right. McKinnon's a Canon dude. He uses Canon for everything, and his stuff is awesome. Yeah, dude, I freaking love his content. Yeah, that dude's dude. That, that guy's great, man. So, but I think I think we're gonna move our episodes to Monday. I guess um, you know this kind of with my daughter being hurt and stuff, we weren't able to record soon and get it out on Friday. So we didn't have an episode last Friday, but I'm gonna try to get this one edited. We're recording on Sunday. I'm gonna try to get it edited and, and out uh, tomorrow morning. Um, so I think we're going to start moving our episodes to come out on Monday morning. So I guess this was a time to do it and we will see how it goes. So, uh, we are making that change, but let us know what y'all think about it. Well, I guess it'd be a good time to wrap up. Yes, sir. That it is. Oh, damn. It's already been over an hour. That's crazy. (laughs) Sure. Well, that'll work. Well, thank y'all for listening to the end. And uh, like we're saying, if y'all have any ideas, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram, uh, Facebook, 
Um, and hopefully soon we'll be having TikTok and YouTube. So, yep, keep an eye out for that. And uh, again, if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, or just um, maybe some things you can improve upon or uh, things we're doing good, you know, just feel free to let us know. You know, we're still pretty new at this. You want to try and make it better and uh, more, I guess, appealing and just easier listening for everybody. So yeah, any, any, anything will help any, uh, any comments or anything like that, any suggestions. So we truly appreciate it, but yeah, thank you all for listening. And uh, I guess till next time. We'll catch y'all next time. This has been wildlife outdoors. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Facebook at wildlife outdoors and on Instagram at wild.life.outdoors. Let's go live life on the wild side.